You've scanned the headlines, read the articles, and liked the posts. Now listen to the experts themselves in the Future of Work podcast, presented by allwork.space. Are you ready? Welcome to the Future of Work podcast by allwork.space. I'm Ceci Amador de San Jose, and today I'm looking forward to talking with Ali Schiller and Marisa Boisvert, co-owners of Accountability Works, about the different types of procrastination and how people can break free of procrastinating in order to meet their goals. Ali and Marisa, welcome. Thank you so much, Ceci. We're so happy to be here with you today. I'm really excited to have you guys on board. I know this is a topic that's probably something that a lot of people will identify with. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> so let's start by telling us a little bit about what accountability works is, what kind of work do you do, what kind of clients do you usually have, and why do they seek you out specifically? Sure. So we are accountability coaches. And so we provide accountability coaching to small business owners, leadership teams. Um, anyone really who wants to set goals, but not set them and then never look at them again, they really want to come back to them and have accountability along the way. So these are people that desire structure. Um, they really want to finish um, something that they've started. So it could be a big project that maybe they have been working on for some time, but it doesn't seem to get be getting traction or um, there's a lot of other fires that come up that distract them from uh, working on it. And so they're kind of fed up or tired with of that. And they really want to um, make sure that every week someone is holding them accountable. And typically they don't have someone the way their organization is structured or the way their job is. It could be even someone who's a contractor or a freelancer. They might they might not have anyone in their life that holds them accountable or in their professional life that holds them accountable. And so they want to do that. And then we also hold people accountable to their personal goals. So it's not just professional. So it would be kind of a different approach than what you might be used to having a business coach or working with someone who is going to help you reach your professional goals where you don't touch anything personal. Um, in this realm, we really excel at creating that balance between the different parts of your life so that you have more of a holistic view of success and what it means to um, be doing the things that you say you're going to do instead of just at work. It's also at home in the relationships that you have and you know how you take care of your health and, and all those different pieces. So they seek us out really because they want accountability and they might want it in more than one area of their life. And they really, really desire structure. And we provide that. How do you provide that, Marissa? Well, we have our signature process. So one of the things that people love the most about our program is they know what to expect week after week. So there is a cadence that comes from that. And it just helps people relax and feel more supported. And they just get so much more out of the process because of that. And I definitely 
um, agree with people needing a lot of structure sometimes to meet their goals, stick to their projects. Um, and a lot of the time, I think, especially if we don't have the structure, is that we end up procrastinating. And I know this is something that you guys talk a lot about, and both in the personal and professional areas of our lives, like New Year's goals. Or if you, I know I struggle with it. So I have to set my own deadlines sometimes or else I know that I'll just keep pushing it off and pushing it off until the very last minute. Um, how do you help your clients overcome procrastination? How, first of all, how do you, in accountability works, define procrastination? And then how do you help your clients kind of like become better about procrastinating and, and having a structure that works for them? So as far as defining procrastination, we always say that you come to accountability when you want to get better at doing what you said you were going to do. So procrastination, <laughs> all of us, it's the things that we really want to be doing, but we just aren't. There is some block that is happening that is preventing us from taking either the first step or consistent action. So how we help people overcome that is we meet with people weekly. So when you come to our program, you come very clear with what you want to accomplish in your life. And again, that can be personal or professional. We do help you kind of refine your goals and get super clear on a strategy for each goal, but you know what you want to do. And then from there, our program is structured so that we meet weekly. So you set weekly commitments, and then you come back in and you check on them. So accountability, the, one of the big reasons it works is because you have to show up and you have to say if you did it or if you didn't do it. And then we explore if it's not getting done, what is preventing it from getting done? In your experience, are there any common reasons why people procrastinate or why they aren't doing what they should be doing? Well, we have sort of narrowed it down to four types of procrastinators. Okay, I'd love to hear about these types of procrastinators. <laughs> okay, Allie, do you want to jump in here? Well, you should definitely do the first one. Um, do, <laughs> I'll do the I'll do the last two since um, we can relate best to those. <laughs> so the reason why Allie is having me do number one, it is the performer. It is the person who says, "I work well under pressure." Now, that's I <laughs> that's yours too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I actually took this to another level in my life. I described it as I work best under pressure. And um, what we discovered is that this type of procrastinator forces themselves to focus by shrinking the time they have to tackle a task. And the real reason behind this in most cases is perfectionism. So the biggest challenge here is just getting started. So we help people uh, that clearly are performers um, to flip it and set a start date. Oh, okay. That's very interesting. Maybe I should try that. <laughs> it works because 
personally, I can just share that I had, this was a lifelong habit for me, you know, for as long as I can remember. I don't know when it started. And I really believed it. I really believed the story that the best work came from when I had the least amount of time to work from it. And what I discovered was that is not true at all. Um, It actually, I think my work got a lot better because when I started things earlier, it just gave me more time to refine and be more creative. And it's just a habit like anything else. So if you start things sooner, you just get used to working like that, you know, and if you wait until the night before, well, you're just in that habit. So I think you should definitely give it a go. <laughs> I, I I feel like I should. I've, um, so I've always been one, like I work really well under pressure, like you said, and I know that when people tell me like, okay, so you need to have this done by tomorrow that's when I'll start working on it versus if you say, yeah, you have like two, two weeks, 10 days, and I'll likely start working a couple of days before. And then, then I'm like crunching, like typing. And then it's like a one day, 10 hour workday, just so that I could get done what I had several days um, to focus on. Uh, so yeah, I think I, I never even thought about how putting a deadline to start working on it could be useful so I'll I'll definitely try that and I'll have to get back to you on whether that works or not for me. I would love to hear it I mean for us too and we have to hold ourselves accountable to this is what helped me also break this habit was when I decided to be in business because there are just too many moving pieces that if you're just in that habit of doing everything at the last minute at some point it's just going to crumble <laughs> so especially if you're in the business of keeping people organized so you have to do everything way ahead of time that's right, that's right. <laughs> okay so that's one type and then what's the second type of procrastinator the second type is the self-deprecator who says i am so lazy right now So this type of procrastinator is the opposite of lazy, okay? So when they're not doing something, they're extra hard on themselves. They tend to blame inaction on laziness or stubbornness rather than just admit that they are tired. Okay. So what we find that is their biggest challenge is just taking a break and being more compassionate with themselves. It's funny because as you say this, I'm thinking of exactly one person I know that's exactly like this. Ooh. And I'm like, you need to like take a break, get a hobby, do something that's not work related. Like you, like even if it's during the workday, like a 15 minute break, it's, it's allowed. <laughs> Cause he's mm-hmm. like, I feel bad. I only work like six hours today. I'm like, that's, that's a lot. Like actual productive hours of work. That's, that's a lot. <laughs> you also see this type, um, they'll often get sick. Yep. And because they haven't allowed themselves any time off. And so they, they are only allowed to not be productive if they're, you know, if they're not feeling well, or they'll be really hard on themselves for that. 
So this is a kind of a, a really different form of procrastination. How do you help this type of procrastinator to kind of like break that pattern? What type of, so do you do like have them set reminders to take breaks or what are some strategies that they can use to kind of like cope and be better about this? Yes, um, exactly. We do encourage them to recharge. And a lot of times that starts with a five or 10 minute walk or 10 minutes of what do I need in this moment and giving yourself permission to do that. And then from there, it typically grows. They, they start to feel the benefits pretty quickly and it gets easier to, to build and to change this habit. Like, I don't know, I've always believed that just like a, a five minute break, just like standing up and not staring at my computer works. But if they're not used to it and they are hard on themselves for that, I can imagine it's really painful for them to kind of like take a break and just like disconnect for a little bit. Okay, mm -hmm. so Ali, I think it's it's your turn. What are the other two types of procrastinators? <laughs> the overbooker. The overbooker is someone who says, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. And um, I'm sorry, I couldn't do it. I just got busy or I didn't finish that because I was so busy. Um, and we all know that person or have been that person. And it's really interesting because truly, you know, we work with people who you know, no one opts into accountability that doesn't really want to get things done. And so they tend to be the type of people that are already driven. They're focused on goals. You know, they like the feeling of, of completion and they want more of it. And, um, and so really, you know, it's, it's true that that saying, if you want to get something done, give it to a busy person because they do get a lot done. So when you hear busy, it usually means, that they're avoiding something. Yeah. So there's something going on that they don't want, they don't want to look at, they don't want to take care of. And it's typically not the task itself. Um, oh. And so when we, when we work with that person with that specific excuse, we don't really so much listen to busy and we really dive into what they didn't do and why they didn't do that one, why they didn't do that thing, what they, what was, what, what is it that they're avoiding? And it could be like an uncomfortable conversation. It could be something like they're, they need, they have to put themselves out there and that feels scary. Um, it could be, you know, they have a fear of like finding something out they don't really want to know. So when you dig into a little bit, you don't really, you know, get stuck on the busy or go, oh yeah, I'm sure you were busy. That sounds like a tough week. And you actually dive into it. Um, they typically have a big learning about what it is they're avoiding. And then they're ready. Once they know, they're ready to face it. And what's the last one? Well, this one is the novelty seeker. And this is the person that is just constantly saying, I just had the best idea. They're always coming up with something new. It's really hard. All of our, um, all of our people are in our program for 12 weeks at a time. And so they are setting 12 week goals. And this person typically by week six has a whole new set of goals they want to start. <laughs> <laughs> so they are very creative. 
They get really excited. They have so many ideas and really their, their, you know, their biggest challenge is, is completion. So our job when we work with them, and that's really why they come to us is like, I just need to finish one of these things. If I just finished one of my 15 great ideas, I would be so happy. You know? I mean, it's funny because as you were describing each procrastinator type, I, I have someone in my life that I know fits exactly into what you were describing. Um, and then so you were talking about sometimes that procrastinators, they're not avoiding a task specifically, but something else. And then what, kind of like, what's the science behind procrastination? What are some of the kind of like consequences of being a procrastinator in the long term or really, really struggling with it on a daily basis? In terms of like, really chronic, serious procrastination, which we, we have people come to us who are also um, seeing therapists, working with depression, working with anxiety, working with, um, you know, working with different kind of mental illnesses that really struggle with procrastination. And, um, and I feel like what we what we try to f- keep them aware of and to be focused on is really just like incremental improvement because the building of momentum builds confidence, which builds positive feeling about oneself, which helps them move out of their kind of dark space. And I think all the time we're aware that procrastination is very common for most all of us. And we can all think of a time that we've procrastinated. But for some people, procrastination feels debilitating. But because we work with so many different kinds of procrastinators, we don't see the, we don't have the same language that someone that's in depression feels about their procrastination. So we might hold someone accountable that is not diagnosed with depression and they didn't do, you know, something that they said they were going to do. And they will feel, uh, you know, they'll have feelings about that, but we'll be able to work through them. And then someone who suffers from, let's say, depression or anxiety will have so much heaviness around a very similar thing. And so part of what we're sharing with them is like, this is normal. You'll move through it. It's not as, um, you know, it's, it's we're going to continue to work on this. So I think that procrastination in terms of how it impacts different people really, really is, is interesting from our perspective because it's something that we're working with all the time. Marissa, do you want to add your thoughts to that? I think that when you said the word, the long-term consequences of procrastinating, Ali and I, the thing that the two of us share our biggest passion is helping people accomplish what is most important to them in their lives. And if we procrastinate, that can turn, you know, what what starts as procrastinating around completing something for a month can turn into years and years can turn into a decade and, you know, so on and so on. I think you have to have those check-ins with yourself when you say, how am I going to feel? if I am not taking action towards the things that are most important to me in my life. 
And I think for most of us, that is the source of anxiety. There's, I mean, I know I can say personally, I feel the most anxious when I'm not taking action on things I want to be taking action on. So if we just strip it down every once in a while and we ask ourselves that question, I loved, love how you said that. Um, what is the long-term consequence for not, for procrastinating on something I know I want to accomplish? Typically, the discomfort that you feel can be the motivation that at least helps you start moving in the right direction or seeking out the support you need, like accountability. Um, and it's the getting started that so many times is the hardest part, right? And then like to what Allie was saying, from there, you just build, build, and build. And before you know it, you just look back and you can't believe what, what you've done. Speaking about... so your program, I know it helps people be accountable. It helps them break their patterns. What are some of the things that your clients have said when they finish your program? Do they usually have achieved a specific goal or are they kind of like more halfway, three quarters of the way to achieving it? What does the end of your program look like? That's a like funny question because most of the people that go through our program are in with us for a whole year. So they set goals for the year and then they set goals each quarter. And one of the things that we see is this really long-term evolution, um, whether it's, you know, we're in a pandemic. So we see people, yes, they're achieving their goals, but they're also creating new new ones, you know, like, okay, I've, I've rocked my business. Now I want to um, work on my relationships or now I've done that. Now I really want to focus on my health. Now I really want to go back to growing my business. And so we see people um, achieve not just one goal in one area, but many goals that overlap over time. And I think this year has been the most interesting because of the how much we expected people to fall off track, how much we expected people to want to completely change their goals or change their plan for the year, and how much we've seen people stick to it and really do way more than we we thought was possible. Well, what's also interesting is that most of our clients are with us for years. So it's not that they come to just achieve one thing. It's, it's that they want to be in a process where there's, there's the finish line, but they know the next things are coming. And what happens in this process is over time, your capacity to achieve more expands. And that's one of the coolest things to see when we when we made the change from working with people quarterly to being in year long memberships, we really started to notice this difference. And we started to notice the difference because the calls started taking longer. We're like, what is going on? It's the same process. And we're like, their capacity is expanding. They're actually able to do more. So it's really cool because in the beginning, a lot of the time we are helping them trim down. It's like they come to us. I have 
10 things I want to be working on. And we force them to narrow it down to three. Okay. And by being in the process and getting better with time and energy management and gauging how long things take and, and establishing the habits in their lives that give them more energy, they are able to actually do more and still feel however they define balanced in their life. That's amazing. And I can imagine that for you too, this must be really fulfilling watching your clients kind of like advance and meet their goals and just kind of grow in general as a person through the process. Yes, it is so rewarding. (laughs) And then I don't know if there's anything else you want to add before we wrap this episode up. I've really appreciated your questions and your time, Um, Cece. It's been really fun to talk about procrastination and, and the work that we really love to do. So thank you so much. Thank you guys for taking the time to speak with us and for sharing your insights and some strategies on how people can break out of of their procrastinating behavior once they identify themselves with either of the four types. Um, So thank you again so much. And thank you everyone for tuning in once again to the Future of Work podcast. If it's impacting the future of work, it's in the Future of Work podcast by allwork.space. Are you ready?